The nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are... Thank you so much. <laughs> this is such a great honor to receive this in this year when we recognize and celebrate and honor women. And I'm so in love with my brother right now. <laughs> he just held me and said he loved me, and I know he's so happy for me. I want to thank Miss Hattie McDaniel for enduring all that she had to so that I would not have to. Um, I, I can't tell you how encouraging a thing like this is. It came true. <laughs> Welcome back to the Best Supporting Actress podcast. I'm Craig. And I'm David. And we are here to talk about the year 2017. It seems like so long ago. Or as we like to call, the year Viola Davis got her Oscar. Or the year of category fraud. Okay. Blatant category fraud, I should say. Okay. Well, we're excited to get back into this category again and talk about this uh, Best Supporting Actress race into the 2017, which should have been relatively tight, but instead was kind of a lock and felt that way almost the entire season. I, I barely remember what happened this morning. So tell me what were some of your favorite 2017 shows or movies? Movies? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really loved Moonlight. Okay. We, when we saw Moonlight, we were both kind of like... I don't. I don't want to talk about it right now because I think we're going to talk about it in length. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we yeah. both love that. Yeah. Um. I really loved. I mean, and I, I'm not a huge. Uh, like I'm not an Amy Adams stan. I do like her a lot, and I like what she does. But I really loved Arrival. I did not. Why? I. It reminded me too much of Contact. Uh huh. With Jodie Foster and. I um I I mean I don't remember a lot of it so I guess it did not make s- such an impact on me yeah. anyway. So I yeah. just thought it was a really really beautiful like science fiction story that was mm-hmm. um also a human story which I thought was really the most compelling part of it. But I also so. think Amy Adams should be in in everything. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um I also really liked Hidden Figures. I did too. As predictable as it was, I really did enjoy that movie. Well, it's based on a true story, yeah. so. But like it's a story that it seems like a story that we've heard before. You know, you have astronauts writing on chalkboards and <laughs> it was just it was a lot. And we also have Kansas City's very own Janelle Monet. Yeah. Yeah. Our homegrown our homegrown <laughs> our hometown sister yep. in a way, your hometown sister, I guess. From Kansas City, Kansas? Yeah. Um who we will talk about her performance when we talk about Hidden Figures this year because that is a a snub of epic proportions in my opinion. You thought she was robbed? Not robbed. I hate saying that, but I think she was left out of that category for other people. But I also think that it um, kind of uh, let everybody know who she is and that she's actually a yeah. very talented actress. And the fact that she was in two giant movies that year is mm-hmm. a pretty big deal for her. Um, I also loved Tin Cloverfield Lane. That's not... <laughs> we're going to talk about some movies that were not necessarily in the Best Supporting Actress <laughs> uh-huh. talk, but... Yeah. yeah. I, well, yeah, I love that because John Goodman... I like Mary, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and I would love to, to, for her to finally find something that's going to get her into an awards, you know... Did you ever see that movie Smashed? No, I wanted to. Would you play an alcoholic? 
Okay, we yeah. need to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you like The Witch? I I did. I think I remember everybody... Seeing it, I remember seeing the movie theater with you. Yeah, I, I think everybody thought it was going to be a lot scarier than it mm-hmm. was. But I enjoy these types of horror films as opposed to crazy slasher films. Yeah. Um, because I was very unsettled days afterwards. Yeah. And I really liked the young actress in it. Yeah. Too. And she's done a lot of good things after that, too. Yeah. Um, we should, we didn't talk about Thoroughbreds last year as being one of our... Oh, that's right. Last year. Or maybe this year, I guess. That's but right. Thoroughbreds was a beautiful movie, too. Fantastic. Funny, yeah. Uh-huh. Um... Did you see other people with Molly Shannon and Jesse Plemons? I don't think we saw it together. I think I saw it. I was home while you were at work, and it was on Netflix. Yeah, I think? it was. It came to Netflix, and it was a little. I think anybody that has taken care of a parent, I mm-hmm. think it kind of hits all those notes. Um, yeah, it it was it was kind of tough to get through. Yeah, for me. I remember when that came out of the festival circuit that everyone was saying, Molly Shannon, Molly Shannon, Molly Shannon. I was like, finally, someone's Mm -hmm. going to recognize her for her dramatic work and not just her comedy. And I was so hopeful. And then I saw it and I was like, I like the movie. I think it's a fun, interesting, like Mm -hmm. funny look at being gay and being sick and all of that. The another. Wait. okay, I love that. This is why I love that movie. The little boy. Yeah, oh, in the yeah. film, steals the whole movie. Yeah. So I think I've only watched, looking back at it, I've only watched YouTube clips of that little boy performing for his family <laughs> because it took me back when I was little and how I would do that mm-hmm. and how probably insane but free I looked and felt yeah. that young. Yeah. I love that movie. Um and the last movie on our list for our favorites of 2017 was Jackie. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember when we saw it. We it, we we had a double feature day. Yeah. We did Jackie, and then we I think we did Hidden Figures. <clears throat> right. Right after. Okay. And so we saw Jackie first, which was a mistake. We should have we should have like gone because we were it was it was early in the day and we were probably still a little tired, but I really really after I saw it I was like jaw agape that I loved that movie and I was like well I guess she's just cemented herself another best actress Oscar right there. Yeah, I it I thought it was okay. I don't think it moved me as as much. I'm not. I mean I. I kind of go back and forth with Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was beautiful. I thought the way the way it was filmed, the way the costumes and the you know, all of that worked together, I thought it was beautiful. You know what? Okay, it was the voice. Yeah. For two hours, I think that's what was really. I was too focused on that, and I couldn't think of anything else. God, it didn't bother me at all because I thought it was perfect. After like listening to Jackie O talk, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah she's it, doing great." <laughs> It um, made me want to watch. Um, oh my god, I just lost. I just lost the name of that documentary. Oh, we'll come back to you. Um, Little Edie. Oh, Grey Gardens. Yeah, yeah, it just made me want to watch Grey Gardens all over again. Well, really, you that wanted to watch good. the HBO version of Grey Gardens with Gene Triplehorn playing Jacqueline Onassis. Yeah, that would have made me much happier. <laughs> Give me Gene Triplehorn any day. <laughs> 
That's what we should do. This should become a, a Gene Triple Horn Oh, my podcast. God. And just watch her movies and just like, oh, my God. Uh, we can go just back and watch girl. Um, What was that movie? Basic Instinct? Was she in? She was in Basic Instinct. Wasn't she? Mm. Yes, she was. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, another good movie oh, yeah. season. Of those, yeah, and of those movies that we really loved, you know, more than half of them ended up being nominated for something or in a category somewhere. So it wasn't like, you know, we weren't uh, we weren't chasing down, you know, the the dead horses. Mm-hmm. We were really like we were on board with what was, you know, the public and the critics were thinking, which was good. And I was I was finally excited to see a um, a big film version of Fences mm. as well. Um, because I'm a huge August Wilson fan, and to finally see that was great for me. Though I did not enjoy it. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, I like the play a lot, but I don't. I don't as much feel like the that movie did the play complete justice. Okay, we'll we'll debate about it. Yeah, <laughs> we have a lot to get into with this episode. So, um, should we should we get to it? Yeah. All right. Let's dive right in. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about the potential nominees that kind of came out of last year's film season, 2017's film season, mm-hmm. um, who we thought might end up on a list and for what film and what role and why we thought they might end up on that list and kind of either why they did or why they didn't, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first two were uh, Michelle Williams and Naomi Harris, Which... because those were the first two movies I think that we saw mm-hmm. uh, pretty early on and were both... Like, well, there was already a lot of uh, buzz about both of their performances. Also, again, two mothers, mm-hmm. two very different mothers. Yeah. I I was surprised after I saw Manchester by the Sea because I don't think we enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we enjoyed a few of the performances, but I think, uh, I think Michelle Williams was probably just the one that kind of uh, illuminated it. Yeah. And I really didn't like that movie at all, but I loved her performance. And I like her as an actress in general, and I've obviously loved her since Dawson's Creek, so Hello. I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and Naomi Harris, I had seen in uh, the uh, Bond movies, but I've not, I had not seen her do much besides that. Um, mm-hmm. And then when, she, when I heard that she was in Moonlight, I was like, okay. And then after seeing it, I was like, hmm, that was great. And well, then you told me that she had only she, she filmed her part in Moonlight in three days because she's only really in three scenes. Yeah, and I think she she filmed those scenes in three separate days. And what I read something that was interesting that she kind of reflects the story, uh, reflects the protagonist's view uh, in th- at three different points in his life. So mm-hmm. like she, the, the kind of mother she is, the kind of addict that she is, mm-hmm. shifts as the movie progresses, and that's through his eyes, which I thought afterwards I was like, oh, that's so important, that's so vital. I, um, this, this could easily be a Moonlight podcast episode. <laughs> so let's just continue on because we're going to talk yeah. more about it. So There are a couple of nominees on this list that, um, not, not nominees, I guess, potential nominees that did not receive any sort of attention from the Oscars that year. Um, but before Ang Lee released Billy Flynn's Long Halftime Walk. Is uh, it Billy Flynn or Billy Lynn? Billy Lynn. Did I say Billy Flynn? Billy Flynn from Billy Chicago. Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm complaining my movies. It's fine. <laughs> Billy Flynn. That, I wish it was a... Billy Flynn's Long Time. Oh my God. I signed me up. <laughs> that is a, lo- a lot of a different movie right it's there. Chicago 2. Yeah. Billy Flynn's Long Halftime Walk <laughs> across the stage. But Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, right? 
That was right. God, that title is hard in the mouth. It's a horrible title. <laughs> um, Kristen Stewart was getting some notices from smaller festivals uh, that she could potentially be nominated for that. I want to like her, but I, it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard for me to like her. Well, when I think we... I was not a Twilight person. And oh. then, um, yeah, so... Um, I'm going to lose listeners when I... when I, I know, And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I No, was I'm going to lose listeners when I, when I confess that I am a Twilight person. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay, great. Um, but I... I could see... Probably because I just missed that mark. It was probably a, a generation after we came that kind of embraced her in those films. So I just seen a few things that she's done recently I've started to like and I can understand like yeah. okay I can see why she's so popular but um, so it's it's hard for me to go see her in a movie and just not be very um, judgmental yeah well when I found out that when I found out that she won the best actress prize at was it can it was she won a Caesar award yeah a Cesar Cesar Sorry. award French yeah. Um, for Clouds of Sils Maria, I was like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So saw that, thought it was great. After I saw it, I was like, I don't know about Best Actress, but okay. And then when I saw Personal Shopper, I was like, mind blown. Because I was a fan of the Twilight movies, and I was a fan of hers. I don't think that I, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, I mean, she's fine for what she is. But mm-hmm. I really liked her in Panic Room as a, as a child, you know? <laughs> Can I tell you something? So um, I teach acting for people that don't know um, to college students and one of the exercises that I have them do at the beginning of each semester is to just to see it gives me a scope of what they think good acting and bad acting is and there was a precious precious young girl that came in and she brought in a video of uh, Kristen Stewart um, breathing in (laughs) but it was like it was it was her breathing in for about four minutes Mm -hmm. So it was, <gasps> it was just her doing that for four minutes. That's and acting, was, my friend. And it that's was acting. fantastic. So now that's been in my head now. So anytime I see her, every time. I have the same thing with Idina Menzel. Because our friend Darren points, pointed out that every time before, especially on the Wicked cast recording, if you ever listen to that, um, every time she goes for a big phrase or a big breath she takes this like, giant inhale before she sings and, and it's like it's on the recording and you mm-hmm. can hear it so you can hear <gasps> every single time right before she's gonna sing and it's like uh why did they what why did they leave that in there that's awful i want someone to make a youtube video of adina Kristen, and brenda vaccaro <laughs> like just a, a mixed match of of Inhaling. Yeah, my, my my hope in my older life is to be more like Brenda Vaccaro. You can you can only hope. Yeah, I can only hope. It's true. Okay. But um, Kristen Stewart didn't in office end up getting anything for that movie. But we saw a Midnight Special, didn't we? Oh, I'm sorry. For you, I, you moved ahead. <laughs> I, it, I, Kristen, Kirsten. And they're all the same. Yeah. You know, uh, the next one is Kirsten Dunst and Midnight Special. We did see Midnight Special. We saw it at. I specifically remember Alamo Draft House. Yes. Yep. Because it was, it's this, you know, it's a coming of age, you know, science fiction style movie. She plays a little boy's mother and he's got the special powers and they're trying to transport I just remember him. her long braid, right? She yes. She had a long, okay. Yes, she had a long braid. 
could yeah. be because she was what was she? I don't remember. I don't remember the exact details of of all of that. She wasn't in a cult. No. Well, maybe there might. But it, that's how they got. They they escaped from that. Okay, because I just remember her, that's all I remember from that movie was Dunst's um, braid. braid. That is yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and I think I remember after we saw that I was like, she was really good in that. Like, like that's one of the better things I've seen her in in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then th- after that, then she just turns in all these amazing performances in mm-hmm. like in Fargo and uh, The yeah. Beguiled and all these things. Like, I can't wait to see where she goes next. She didn't go anywhere this year, but she almost did. <laughs> yeah. Well, she she changed my world and bring it on. And so let's just talk about it again for everyone who didn't listen to the first episode and drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> it, it's going to be a running theme, drop dead gorgeous, as we go further. I think back. we need to bring it up in every episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the last like when, when we were kind of making this list or looking at kind of some of the buzz that came out of 2017, the only one that was surprising to me because I don't remember hearing anything about either of these performances, like. I love Laura Linney as an actress, mm-hmm. but I don't remember hearing about much buzz for Sully or for Nocturnal Animals. And in fact, I had forgotten she was in Nocturnal Animals until somebody sent me a picture and it's just her, like, crying face, like, black mascara eyes mm-hmm. and this huge, huge, like, blonde hair and, like, she looks she looks like a, like a housewife, like a millionaire housewife who's just been, like, Ooh. Something terrible has just happened to her. Ooh. It was it was like I was like just on that picture alone, I think I want to see this movie. Okay, I think that was probably the only Amy Adams movie I have not seen. Yeah. Well we talked about wanting to watch it and then it did get some uh, buzz. You know, there was some stuff there that I was like, Okay, maybe we should watch this. And it's a Tom Ford movie and I really loved a single man, like mm-hmm. but I was like, I the more I hear about this, the more I'm like, I don't... Well, I think we were also in that camp. We had to make a choice of either going to see that film or Arrival. Yeah, and we chose Arrival. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that, to me, is the kind of Amy, Amy Adams fan that you are. You either choose Arrival or Nocturnal Animals. You, do, mm-hmm. you can't do both. You just can't do both. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were some other... Like, we're just going to kind of quickly run down these other potential nominees and kind of talk about them. There's a, there's some other... Did you see American Pastoral? No. We talked about wanting to see it. And then from the trailer, it looked really good. There was talk of Dakota Fanning getting something for that performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you say? Did you see Queen of Katwe? No. How do you feel about Lupita Nyong'o? I like her a lot. Yeah. And a she's a, lot. She'd already won this award previously, so right. she wasn't, wasn't necessarily going to get nominated for that. But she did get nominated for something yeah. um, for that movie. Uh, and then there's Octavia Spencer, obviously, for Hidden Figures. Um Another one is uh, Rebecca Ferguson for Girl on the Train. Did you see that movie? <laughs> well, I did not see that movie. And Do you, do you want to explain it? What, why? I don't really want to talk about it. But um, <laughs> um, we had wanted to go see that movie. Very much. But um, I, uh, I've made a mistake. And I, <laughs> I got angry one night and I drove to a local movie theater and I saw it by myself. It's, it's almost like cheating in a way. Um, at least with us anyway, as if I, you know what? I'm going to hurt his feelings. I'm going to go see a movie without him. Mm-hmm. A movie that I didn't particularly... Which is probably the worst thing you could ever do. And I've done it apparently, so now I'm the worst person in the world. So I refuse to see Girl on the Train. Um, I don't want to ever see that movie ever because... But it's good. You saw it without me. It was good. Yeah. I did. I did bring you a gift back to apologize, though. Remember that. Don't ever forget that. 
Wait, no, because then, no, you went to go see a movie, you got me a gift, I left as well, uh-huh. and got you a gift. We we made up by the time we got back, by the time we got back from the oh, movie. We so. suck. <laughs> I think it's adorable. Um, so there's, uh, you saw 20th Century Women. I did, I, I, I well, I'm, I'm a huge um, Annette Benning fan, uh-huh. and Greta Gerwig, I thought, should have been nominated, um for that film because I thought it was I think I think it was just uh, I had seen Greta Gerwig in a lot of movies before and this was just something completely different and it was just something very beautiful and subtle mm-hmm. about that performance yeah I love her as an actress I loved Frances Ha like more than I can say I love that movie mm-hmm. um, so I was surprised when no one from that cast was nominated really mm-hmm. um, and that movie didn't really even get that much recognition Let's go through these real... Because I want to get to a point that it just came into my head, and I'm going to lose it if we don't talk about it. Go. Okay. So, we also have Laura Dern, Kristen Stewart... See, there you go again. I, I, I can't tell them apart. Uh, Laura Dern, uh, Kristen Stewart for Certain Women, which I did not see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aja, Naomi King, and Gabrielle Union for The Birth of a Nation. How happy I would have been <laughs> if Gabrielle Union... And Kirsten Dunst were nominated in the same oh, category. That would have been the best Oscar year ever. <laughs> that can still happen. There's uh, plenty of. Time. I'm just. I there's little things that would make me happy, but it's shit like that that would just send me just to the moon to that, see them no- both together in pictures and say, "Oh my god, please have a cheer standoff on stage yes, at the Academy yes, Awards yes, right now." Yes. Yeah. Well, and if the Oscars were smart, they would get them on stage to present together and they would make them do some sort of a cheer off. Yes. Yeah. That would be oh, great. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted just wanted to that no, thought came to that, my head great. and I was like, I need that or even Wait, it came out in 98? Is it the 20 Almost, yeah. It's almost a, I, or 99. It was 98 or 99, so it's almost the 20th anniversary. A, the, I, wouldn't that be great if they were like... We are old. <laughs> well, no. I think it would be great if they did like a 20-year reunion and it was like their daughters. Mm. Oh, There's been God. enough Bring It On movies right now. I don't care. like, But not with them. Plain mothers. That's true. That's true. Well, then, the, you know, that's Lindsay Lohan's idea for the Mean Girls sequel is Mean Moms. Well, I'm, Lindsay Lohan is going to get... She's going to get her Oscar. I'm just, I'm going to, I'll put I'm that knock on right wood. now. No, she right will, now. maybe not anytime soon, but I'm thinking about when she's 50, when she's 60, mm-hmm. she's going to pull a, a fucking ace out of her sleeve and they're going to give her an Oscar for something. I'm telling you, I just saw a trailer for a movie that she's in coming up <laughs> and it legitimately <laughs> it looks like all of her, all of her work was done on a green screen and there was no other actors present and that's how they filmed it. And it's about werewolves. Yeah, it looks Wait awful. a minute. It looks awful. What is it called? Hold on. I don't even remember. I, you keep talking. I need to. Yeah. I need to see. I need this in my life. Um, I'm I gonna, need this picture in my life. It Lindsay Lohan as a is she a werewolf? No, but I think she's like it's it takes place in Europe and she's like some European Federation. Is she not allowed back in America? It seems like it at this point. Um, but she's like the wife of some political leader and he's being targeted and she's trying to save him and among the shadows among the shadows is what it's hold on let me read this okay a private investigator must unravel the murder of her uncle while keeping the secret that she is a descendant from a line of werewolves Mm -hmm. yep i don't know anybody in this cast besides her it looks like every shot in that movie was filmed in front of a green screen 
So I, I, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to that movie. Wait. She is currently filming Life Size 2 with Tyra Banks. Yeah, but she's not going to be in it very much. She has to be. <laughs> she has to be. Well, that, that will not win her. She has to have some kind of cameo of some... Well, I'm sure she will. Oh, God. I, oh, my God. I could just... Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, to wrap up this category, now that you're officially excited, and I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Okay. Um, there is a movie called Certain Women that has Michelle Williams, Laura Dern, and Kristen Stewart in it. And mm-hmm. I, that movie got a lot of buzz out of uh, smaller festivals as well, um, specifically for Laura Dern and Kristen Stewart. Because um, Michelle Williams already had the showier part in Manchester by the Sea, so it wasn't actually going to be that big of a uh, push for her, I don't think. But mm-hmm. um, this movie... I when I watched it, I was like, I love these actresses and I want to love this movie, but I find this movie incredibly boring. Um, just the trailer, just the trailer for it was pretty boring. Wasn't and there horses in it? They're they're all dealing with all three of the women are their stories are intertwined. It's like each of their own stories, and they're all kind of dealing with something in this really small town. But there was like some horse. There was like a horse, like something yeah. wasn't there because anytime I see a horse, that's just. Did you see... Just galloping away by itself and nobody's riding. I'm like, oh, fuck. Here we go. Did you see Meek's cutoff? <laughs> with, Where she was like... She was playing like some mountaineer like woman. Like a pioneer woman. Yeah, with a gun. Uh, it's the same director. No, no but I love that. I love that... Um, that movie poster of her with the gun. Yeah. 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 So that those they were on the list, but they didn't actually... And they were... You know, there's potential there for them, but they didn't actually like make it that far. And I'm... I am waiting for Laura Dern to get her Oscar. Waiting for it. I know she's been yeah. nominated already, mm-hmm. but I'm waiting for her, this this Laura Dern resurgence to be, you know, complete. I wish, I wish they would have put the tale out. Oh, not yeah. as a film, but as a, a wide release. Can I just tell um, you, this is a little unrelated, but <laughs> I was so mad that that movie got nothing, nothing at the Emmys. Nothing. So mad. Yeah. Like, that movie got so much good press out of Sundance, and if a if what a film studio would now yes, it is a hard movie to watch, and it is mm-hmm. a hard subject to deal with. Right. But if a film company would have released that in the theaters, and that wasn't HBO, mm-hmm. I feel like that movie would have had so yeah. much more. And not only that, was she was the only one that was nominated. Yeah. Right. Yep. But I think like Elizabeth Debicki was fantastic. Yep. Jason Ritter. Jason was Ritter was creepy as fuck. Creepy, but um, something you would never imagine him doing. And that was just very surprising to me because I think after we watched it, we're like, give her the fucking Emmy now. Now. Yeah. Just like after we saw Big Little Lies, it was like, yeah, give her give her all the awards. Throw all the trophies at Laura Dern's face, please. Maybe with the Golden Globes this year. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on and talk about something very special that we that happened this year that we weren't super... Uh, we were kind of blindsided by a little bit, but not surprised by because it's been happening for years. So um, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about category fraud and what that means. And we're back. 
Um, we are going to talk a little bit, because we t- mentioned this in the last episode, that we weren't totally certain what the guidelines for submitting to categories for actors or whatever. Um, so I went ahead and did a little bit of research and found out that there is no answer to my question. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. There are no guidelines, really, when it comes to submitting uh, in, in what category. Um, we'll talk about how that gets decided a little bit later. I did find a couple of things. We're going to kind of um, read through these quickly for you so you can kind of understand uh, how the voting process works, how the you know submission guidelines are. Um, I literally dug through their entire like 90-page document about uh, what it means to submit a reel or a scene or uh, yourself for a part, and I couldn't really find much. But the things I did find were these. So, um, so one of the submission guidelines is to be eligible for an award in a given year, a film must be publicly exhibited for paid admission for at least one week at a commercial theater in Los Angeles County between January 1st and midnight of December 31st of that year. So if we shoot, shoot a movie mm-hmm. right now, we go to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. debut the film at one of those theaters. And then it's eligible. You can submit. You could be eligible for a Best Supporting Actress nomination. <laughs> I, I'm no Kelly Mantle. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to okay. submit myself in, in multiple categories. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Um, so when we're talking about voting, it says only the members of Academy only sorry, I can't read. Only the members of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences may nominate and vote for candidates for the Oscars. So you have to be a member of the Academy, obviously we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Academy is divided into various branches of film producers and the nominees in each award category are chosen by the members of the corresponding branch. Thus, writers nominate writers, directors nominate directors, and so forth. So in turn, actors nominate actors or vote for actors so um the entire academy membership nominates the candidates for best picture and votes to determine the winners in most of the categories so um that i thought was important to know i mean i think it's kind of obvious you Uh know it's how that works but like all of the you know various branches vote on their own awards basically except Mm -hmm. for best picture so um this one i thought was interesting um, the Academy does not assign restrictions for the determination of what is considered a lead and what is considered a supporting role. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. The official rules state a performance by an actor or actress in, in any role shall be eligible for nomination either for the leading or supporting role categories. If, however, all of the dialogue has been dubbed by another actor, the performance shall not be eligible for awards consideration. That is, like, the closest to, you know, reading the fine print that I could get. That is like this. Okay, is... wait. If, however, all the dialogue has been dubbed by another actor, the so okay. For instance, we're gonna go back uh-huh. a ways, the early eighties, uh-huh. which I like to go back to. Andy McDowell uh-huh. did a film, Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan. Uh huh. Okay, where her character falls in love with Tarzan, mm-hmm. but her lines were dubbed with guess. What, guess uh, which actress dubbed her lines. Would I know this actress? Yes. Jennifer Grey? No. <laughs> Sharon Stone? No. Reba McIntyre? No. <laughs> I don't know. Just Could you me. imagine? <laughs> Glenn Close. Oh. Yeah. Why? Because she... Well, Andy McDowell was terrible? Well, no, I don't think... Well, she's beautiful, first of all. But that was like... She was a model beforehand. She talks about this on, on someone's podcast about Mm. she was a model they found her they liked the way she looked and they cast her in this film and then she realized that she was dubbed 
That must be awful, though. By learn. Glenn Close. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going to see a film and no. all of a sudden Glenn Close comes out of your face? Your mouth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Glenn Close comes out of your mouth a lot. I, I want to look like Glenn Close when I'm yeah. 40. Well, you're almost there. Almost. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I saw that I thought was really interesting about this was um, ultimately it's up to voting members of the branch of the Academy to determine that if an actor or actress has a lead or supporting role. So you have to decide for yourself mm-hmm. kind of where you're going to fit. And then they, the voting members really determine where you kind of lay. Like you, you will submit yourself in a category uh-huh. and then people can either agree or disagree basically. Um, they do that by when they cast their votes. Um, the studios really influence voting beforehand with the campaigns. Uh, if academy mem- if acad- academy members split their votes between lead and supporting for the same actor or actress in the same film, whichever category first receives the required number of votes to be nominated is the one in which the actor's performance is placed. If when the votes are tallied, the actor receives the required number of votes in both lead and supporting categories simultaneously, then whatever category receives the most votes overall is where the actor will be placed. That makes no sense. No. To me whatsoever. So let's take uh, Viola Davis, for example. So if she she chose to nominate herself for Fences, right? Um, did she or did was it the... Um... Well, I'm assuming that if, if you didn't want to be nominated, you could take yourself out of contention, right? Yeah. So... Um, based on what this says, you know, academy, if Academy members split their votes between lead and supporting for the same actor or actress in the same film. So let's say there were votes for Viola Davis as lead actress and there were votes for Viola Davis as supporting actress. Whichever had the most votes ultimately was going to win okay. and is where she would be placed. However, unless she super hardcore campaigned for supporting actress. If she did not, then she could have fallen anywhere and then it just would be where the votes lay. Because she eventually got a Best Supporting Actress nomination. Yes. I personally do not think that that was a Best Supporting Actress And um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I think she... I think she leads that film. Yeah. I think she carries that film, too. I mean, it's ultimately Denzel Washington's film, but her characters, it's not supporting. It's It's a lead. Yeah. Well, and the most important thing I think right now is that this is why the studios decide which category it will campaign in. And in regards to a particular performance, that the voters will follow suit based on what they decide. So if the studio decides, I'm going, we're going to run this performance in this category, usually voting will follow suit with what they've decided. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the, if the studio decided or Viola Davis decided that she was going to run herself in best supporting then the votes kind of follow that if that's what the studios have decided Uh, okay so we can continue going but uh do you think if she was put in the best actress category that year do you think she would have won i think she would have been a strong contender i don't know if she would have won i think that we have a the academy has a huge problem with rewarding ingenues and not rewarding age in the best actress category so i think she would have won why I, looking at those nominees, I think the only person in that best actress category that I loved was Isabel Huppert, who can do no wrong mm-hmm. in my book. And I think she was robbed as well, but it was, I mean, Emma fucking Stone 
for La La Land. Go back and look at that category. They love the ingenue, man. They love... love. I mean, I want to start a hashtag fuck La La Land because I hated that movie so much. But I had a... There's problems with it that I I had that I still have to this day. But I... I have a feeling if Viola Davis was in that category, she would have finally won because she does. This should have been her second Oscar to begin with. Her first Oscar, she should have got for Doubt, because I show that scene in my acting class every semester. Seven minutes of screen time, and she steals the whole fucking movie. That's what that is. What defines a supporting performance, really? Because you even see, you even see, like in Meryl Streep's face. You're still in my fucking movie. Yeah. You can see it in her face. Like, where is this coming from? Well, you walked away from doubt talking about her, talking about Viola Davis, and yeah. not talking about anybody else. So so I think she should have. Well, you know, the reason that Emma Stone probably ultimately won and had, because she has a lot of goodwill behind her, but there's also these Oscar campaigns, which we'll talk about more every year, mm-hmm. but... It's becoming, it started with the, I mean, Oscar campaigns really have been around the whole time, but with the Weinstein Company, that's when it really got hard and heavy, when we would be paying, you know, thousands upon thousands upon even up to millions of dollars on Mm -hmm. Oscar campaigns so that certain actors get nominated or get more attention. And I have a feeling that there was a lot of money put behind Emma Stone. Um, Did you like La La Land? So here's the deal. I did not like it in the moment. I didn't, I, when I saw it, I was like, yawn, whatever, big deal. Like, white person solving jazz, whatever. Her performance, I didn't think was bad. The last minute, the last time, the last of her, the bit of her audition at the very end of the film, I thought was the, her, the, the best acting I'd ever seen her do. So that I, I was fine with. It became problematic during that whole movie season because we really loved Moonlight and we wanted that movie to really go all the way. But it seemed like this juggernaut of La La Land was going to like just walk through and destroy everything. But it was like we're bringing back the movie musical. I think movie musicals have always they haven't gone away been really. There. Yeah, and I just left that movie like, who gives a shit? Yeah, I don't care about struggling. You know, I was like, who cares? I thought it te- was like get a job. I thought technically it was a pretty it was a, it was a marvel. It was really well shot, and I mean I don't. The gates are going to shoot me, but I don't really like Ryan Gosling all that much. I don't really find him that appealing. I think, I think out of both of them, I think he was great, but I just didn't. I mean, you have John Legend in the film, and he's only in it. It's like if you're going to get John Legend, use John Legend. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was just let John Legend save jazz, okay? If you would have switched those parts and maybe put maybe Tessa Thompson in Emma Stone's role, I was like, that's a fucking good movie right there. I would. So you think see it twice. You think just switching the race of the characters would have been okay, a different movie? Okay, you cannot film a movie in California and have that first shot, you see that first shot on the freeway, and it's like, it's diverse, and there's every actor of every color in that scene, and then all of a sudden, it's white throughout the rest of the movie. I'm like, it's set in California. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think the, the diversity problem in that movie was a, was a, was huge. But I also but think... But you also carry it into the Oscars. Yeah. Although, I will say this is the year where it started to get better. If you mm. look at some of the nominations in the, each of these categories. Yeah. I blame Faye Dunaway. But anyway. <laughs> um, but in regards to Oscar campaigns, more than anything else, I think that this is... 
uh, what I, I wrote, somebody wrote me a note on Facebook about it, and I said, I feel like Oscar campaigns are like a high school election. Oh, um, yeah. Because it's like, okay, you see that there are 10 people running for... Or like a homecoming queen. Yeah. There are 10 people running for president. Were you ever nominated? No. God, no. I was I was super obese and super nerdy and into theater and in high school. That was not a thing that was going to happen for me. Sorry. I did have... I, did, I was student council vice president in sixth grade. How did you earn that? Uh, I can't say that. Give out cookies? I can't legally say how I earned it. <laughs> Slut. I'm just kidding. Okay. But I think that this Oscar campaign is like a high school election. So you have 10 people running for president. You have two people running for vice president. Mm-hmm. You look at your chances and you say, where do I fit the best? Right. And you say, okay, I'm going to fit best in vice president. I can actually win that category. Mm-hmm. I can't win this one. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about people submitting themselves or a studio submitting them, they're going to submit them where they're going to win. And their, the actual performance of it doesn't so much matter anymore. It's like, where do you fit? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to get this Oscar? Where, where can we nominate you to get you this Oscar? Which, in the bigger picture, I understand. But I feel like there should be percentage, like, I know this would get too mathematical, but there should be some percentages mm-hmm. as far as, like, where you fit. You know, I, so, I sent you that percentage of Meryl Streep and Julie Roberts, how much they were in August Osage County. Yeah. I think Meryl Streep had like 47% screen time and Julia Roberts had like 43. Oh, really? And who was nominated for leading and who was nominated for supporting, you know? But also I think with that, it's like, you know, Meryl Streep has had like over 20 nominations and it's like, well, of course. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Oh my God. It was going to be good. It'll come back to you. Okay. Um, I, but the fact that you can, the studios can put someone in a category, that they can nominate someone, they can decide kind of where they're going to go, is what leads to this ultimate, like, category fraud that everyone's going to be writing about. Mm-hmm. And I wish that there was more outrage about it because, I mean, yes, we love these women and I want them to, ha- I want them all to have Oscars. I'm not saying that by any means, but I, I want people to be nominated appropriately for their performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you don't think she's going to win in a certain category doesn't mean that she's still not a lead actress. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing that I'll never understand. Um, and it bugs me, and I understand in some ways, but I'm, I wish it was different. I do wish it was different. And, you know, let's go back a couple more years, and let's talk about Melissa Leo's campaign. Melissa Leo, was the studio was not going to push her no. to be nominated for an Oscar. So no. what, what did that bitch do? She raised the money herself, and she gave herself her own Oscar campaign to get herself nominated. Mm-hmm. And it worked, and then she won. That character was good, though, too. Yeah. I mean, she was brilliant in that movie, but she, she, nobody was supporting, no studio was going to support her no. in, uh, for an Oscar nomination, which is ridiculous. And then, but where did she go? Well, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good question that we'll, we'll get to when we get She's, to Melissa I, Leo. I love her, too. Yeah. Her Frozen River was amazing anyway okay so we're gonna um kind of move forward a little bit and start talking we talked about category fraud and how it was you know how it was committed but we're gonna move go ahead and move forward and start talking about the actual nominees for the 2017 oscars when we return all right welcome back we are now going to dive into the actual nominees, the Best Supporting Actress nominees of 2017. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with... Nikki Kidman. Nikki Kidman, my favorite chameleon who's not actually chameleon because her forehead doesn't move. <laughs> okay. Did you did you like Lion? I 
Yes, I did not. Let me just say that. Did I say lion. 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 Did you like lion? <laughs> are you a are you a gay lion? Are you a lion? Meow. <laughs> okay. Did you did you like that film? I, I did like that film. I, I we saw it in the theater, um, and I did not want to see it because it didn't. I mean, it looks like your typical like Oscar-y movie, um, but. I will watch almost anything that Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. is in. So I was excited to see it and I enjoyed it. I did not think it was like the best movie of the year by any means, but mm-hmm. you know what I like more from Lion? What? The song that Sia did. Of course. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Of course. Yeah. I think it was, I think also with, um, what I got out of the film was this, um, beautiful experience that adoption yeah. is, and is uh, a couple that is looking forward to that if it happens yeah. or when it happens. I think that was probably fantastic um, to show. Yeah. Um, and not and, only and that. The, and the troubles and the problems that come with adoption, too. Yeah, but I, her, I think her character is very inviting and very... Um, has his back when he says he's going to go find his his birth mother mm-hmm. and just how this idea of what a mother is um it's so it's bigger than that yeah okay um that you know you can have so many mothers mm-hmm. in your lifetime and i think that's what was so beautiful about that and i think the ending was just i mean i think we were both of course it's an academy award movie yeah um yeah but I think it, it really tugged at us in those specific ways. Yeah. Well, and, and again, it's a, a mother character with a with an interesting wig, which will be interesting <laughs> to see how that pans out for her this year. Um, she likes her wigs. She does like her wigs. Um, but I do think, you know, she had a one strong scene of real depth and real strength that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both walked out of that movie as, as uh, gay parents who want to adopt at some point in their lives kind of saying is this worth it and then that movie saying yes this is worth it and that mm-hmm. really reaffirming that for us mm-hmm. um and i think that of most of these performances she was truly a supporting character mm-hmm. um her character added to the story helped move the uh, the protagonist along and helped guide his journey a little bit or provided in some instances a, a roadblock to his journey but was truly a supporting character and i think that she was great in the movie Truly great. I think so, so too. A well-deserved nomination. Did you think that she was going to win? No. Once you put the others in the mix, I'm glad she was nominated for it because I thought I thought I thought she did she did great. Yeah. But I think when you put her alongside these other powerhouses, um, I think that was that was hard. Yeah. It was hard to try to get through. Yeah. But. Um, but no, I'm glad. I'm glad because I, I I I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I agree. And it's those those two boys, the two young boys that um, that played her adopted um, sons. Were, yeah, uh, great. Yeah, and I'm glad that it was like the first half was with those little boys. And right. That, that little boy was just that was when I was like lost it. Yeah. Um, well, and then when they brought him out on those award shows, and he is just so oh adorable. I was like, yeah. just give him something, please. Give him a, 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 yeah. an empty champagne bottle that's painted gold or something. Just well, give him he, something. He carries half of that movie. He does. And I think that's, I mean, like the last podcast, you, you said that it's 
we probably shouldn't give awards to children. Children, yeah. but then you know you have um, Tatum O'Neill. I mean, she was ten yeah. when she won. She carried that movie. Yeah, but it's so it's that little boy's performance was hit me hard. So I thought that he would have gotten nominated for something. Yeah. I, I really felt. Well, and that's the tendency, really. Like, when there's a child in a movie, they tend to shove them into the supporting ca- category and not the lead category because they're less likely to win a lead category than a supporting category yeah. sometimes. Okay. So, next. Um, next nominee is Octavia Spencer. Yes. Previously nominated and previously won for The Help. For the help. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nominated again for, as we said, for The Shape of Water, of... Somewhat similar role, uh-huh. somewhat similar character, um, but we both loved Hidden Figures, and we both loved her in it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but I think we liked Janelle Monet better, better, yeah, because I think that was a that was a surprise because we already knew what Octavia Spencer could do, yeah, and I think uh, so. We kind of loved her anyway, but Janelle Monet was a what that was a. That was a surprise. Yeah. That was a good surprise. Well, I don't want to completely disrupt the conversation about Octavia Spencer and just talk about Janelle Monae, although that is, I think that is important uh, because we are both Janelle Monae stands in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think when I watch the movie again, I feel like Octavia Spencer really is a co-lead because, yes, the story is, it's all three of their stories, but Taraji B. Henson yeah. is the lead of that film, yeah. understandably. But I do think of the three of them, Octavia Spencer and Taraji P. Henson are kind of co-leads because they both have some, they both have a fairly dramatic Mm storyline and they both have this tremendous growth. And not that Janelle Monae doesn't, but Mm -hmm. if you took the three of them, I think that they are really leading that movie together, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so Janelle Monae really was a supporting character Mm -hmm. in that, in that. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, she blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think that Octavia Spencer in that movie was, was stretching herself as an actress? I, I mean, yes and no because I like I like I I like watching her in the films. Like, it's almost like um, I don't want to I don't want to compare her to Julia Roberts, but it's like you you see Julia Roberts and you know that you're going to go into this film and you're going to be like you're you're seeing your best friend mm-hmm. or you're seeing someone that you're going to be comfortable with for the next two hours. Right? Because um, there's some actors that we go see films. And I just feel, I'm like, where the fuck are we going? Right. But with Octavia Spencer, I feel this very nurturing, because um, she has that aura about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so yes and no. I mean. That comforting thing, I think, is important. And I think that that's a, it's a reason why people go see movies, right? Mm-hmm. People know that they can trust in Octavia Spencer's performance and what she's going to provide. Mm-hmm. So they'll go see that movie. I, I will say that as a personal taste in, in my movie going experiences i would rather be shocked and surprised by what somebody does mm-hmm. i would rather walk into the theater and be like didn't expect that maybe i didn't like it but Ooh. i didn't expect it when was the last time that happened uh god for you anyway blake lively <laughs> oh yeah we just saw a simple favor yeah and i was because i we think the world thinks of blake lively as in one way mm-hmm. and to go into that movie and watch her be like I was this surpri- yeah badass yeah. i was like yes work queen, I, work. I hope she works her way through <laughs> Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, because I was thinking about that. Like after the film was over, we're talking about a, a simple favor. Yeah. Um, I was like, I could see her around award season. 
Maybe not like, for that movie, but for something else. I think else. for that movie. Maybe. I think for that, but you wanted her for The Shallows. Anyway. <laughs> We're far from The Shallows now. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I, I thought that after Octavia Spencer got the Oscar for The Help, I thought that she was going to get better roles. Mm-hmm. But, and different roles. But the way Hollywood is very tricky in if you do something great, well, they're going to keep throwing mm-hmm. you that. And if she's not yep. getting anything else that has meat. Yeah. Um, and it's well, not to say that know, these characters don't have meat. She's a, she's a working meat. actor. They're working actors. So, of course, they're going to say yes to stuff. Yeah. But um, but I think now she's at a, she should be at a spot where she's going to say, you know what? I've already played that type of role already. Let me try something different. Yeah. So th- that's what I hope for her future. But this role, it just seemed like she's she's done it. Before. Already. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then let's move on to another person doing uh, another role that they've probably done before. And that's yes. Michelle Williams. And another mother, a different kind of mother role. Yeah. But a grieving mother, which mm-hmm. I think is something that uh, that you, you see frequently. But I think that Michelle Williams did tremendously well in this movie. In a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, because I was on, I mean, I didn't. We didn't read much about that movie before we went and saw it. We're talking about Manchester by the Sea, by the way. Um, we didn't read a whole hell of a lot about that movie before we saw it, but watching it, I was like devastated by what happened to her and what she was showing me. And I was like, "You are the to me. You and Lucas Hedges really are like the the bright breakouts of that movie." Yeah, you know. Um, I I thought what Casey Affleck was doing was fine, but I was not like super intrigued by it. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't like he. I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. I remember when we saw that movie. We went with two of our friends, and we um, we saw the movie, and then we walked out, and none of us really said very much. And we went right next door to eat, and we sat down, and I was like. <laughs> Did we like that movie? Because <laughs> I can't tell. I can't tell by our yeah. reactions. Because if we love a movie, we'll walk out and we'll like be talking about that it. That was instantly. so good. And yeah. it was like, well, that yeah. happened. Yeah. It was okay. Like, eh. <laughs> and I will say, though, I I will always be a fan of Michelle Williams. Especially, yeah. I mean, obviously, since it's Dawson's Creek. But when she was in Brookback Mountain, I was like, give that woman an Oscar. Yeah. because Well, because you, you, you saw her in Dawson's Creek and you're like, Okay, whatever. And then yeah. you see her, you saw her in Brokeback Mountain, and it's like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. And then, from then on, it was just like, she was fucking hitting those out of the fucking park. Yeah. Did you see Blue Valentine? Time. Oh, my, my God. God. Yeah. That movie is hard to watch, but I was like, uh. It's gonna, like, in the next five years, either her or Amy Adams is gonna get yeah. their Oscar Finally, well, unless you, Margot Robbie kind of just robs it. Can I tell you something interesting that I saw today? What? I was on Gold Derby looking at, like, p- the potential nominations for this year. And do you know who has the, m- the most, like, votes uh, as a predictive nominee and as a w- predictive winner? Michelle Williams. Amy Adams. For, for what? Mo- for this movie Vice, which I have never, I've not seen a trailer for, not really heard that much about. I was like, I don't even know what that movie is. We need to find it and watch it. Was it at TIFF? I don't know. We need to look it up. Huh. Yeah, but I was like, of all, because like Lady Gaga is number two. Uh-huh. And she, no, wait, that was in supporting. Sorry, Lady Gaga is number one for, uh, number two for actress, and Glenn Close is number one for best actress. Amy Adams was in best supporting. <laughs> oh, good. So maybe that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, <laughs> that's going to drive. It'll create a, a divided household here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Um. Enough about Michelle Williams? Yeah, let's move on. Okay. So, I think it's time for us to talk about Moonlight. Mm. Because it 
still affects me in a way anytime anybody talks about that film mm-hmm. it's anytime someone says hey i need a good film to watch you like to watch movies what should and that's always the first one that i say um because it hit me at every single yeah. level yeah um what about you I, I i fell in love with it the moment we saw it i i was nervous going in that i wasn't going to be able to um, really hook myself in as mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a POC I'm not I'm not struggled in that way that these characters have struggled and so I was like am I going to be able to find my way into this film mm-hmm. and as an LGBT person obviously there's that part of it there but I, that didn't none of that mattered it didn't matter like the movie was made beautifully the characters developed beautifully and it was a movie that was powerful and it also talked about an experience that every single person has had and trying to come to terms with yourself and who you are in a world that doesn't always accept that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that part of the story, that universal part, is what people were really drawn to in that movie. And also had Janelle Monae yeah, again. In it. Yeah. <laughs> Two movies in one year. And I and, and I was so happy like when it when it won Best Picture, when I looked up at that stage and she is the first face that I see, and I was like, oh, Yeah. Thank God you're up there. Yeah. Um I, I I loved I loved every single part of that film, but I loved um, I loved Naomi Harris a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a scary performance, yeah. But Mahershala Ali. Anytime I look at good acting now with my students or anything, I always bring up those clips because there's a certain kind of fatherly image that we have not seen, yeah, in quite a while. And it's that fatherly love between this grown man and this young queer person. And it was the epitome of love. Mm -hmm. And something that's so beautiful that usually in those kinds of scenes between a father and a son, you don't get that at all. But there was love. There was intimacy. um, And it was just, it was just so beautiful. Uh And, um, but yeah. Well, I think that the, I like, so I really love going into award seasons, um, not knowing who's going to win or not having a, a preconceived notion of who I think is going to win. I mean, obviously I have my, my bets, but when we went into the season, I think it was, Mahershala Ali was like a lock for that award. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. Like I was like, yes, that man deserves it. And I felt the same way about Naomi Harris. I was like, that woman did three days of work for this movie and she killed it like it was that performance was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. like to watch her work on screen to watch her become that character to know that that is so outside of her range and for her to play characters at three different distinct ages and showcase addiction at each of Mm -hmm. those stages um and you see all different kinds of all different sides of addiction in that way the fun loving person the mess Mm -hmm. and then what addiction um does to your body and does to your life as we um as she got older um it was really interesting for me as a teacher to work with young black potentially queer children um who have home lives like this who experience moments like this with their mothers or their fathers and to have a little bit more of an insight into what that's like to, cause I get them at a different time in their day. You know, I don't see their other, their home life. And so when I watched that, I was like, 
this is what many of my kids go through when they go home. Mm. This is what they're experiencing when they go home. And that was both heartbreaking and enlightening at the same time. And I was mm. like, thank you, Barry Jenkins. Thank you, Naomi Harris. Thank you, Mahershala Ali, for making this movie because it just changed me. And also like uh, Nicole Kidman's character in Lion, uh, Mahershala Ali, his character was not that that um, boy's father, mm-hmm. but he became a father figure to him. Because he cared for him. Yeah. And so that when he has him in the water, and it was just, that's just, I mean... Yeah. It was just magic. And I, I love that. And we both agree that Naomi Harris should have won that year. That was my favorite. Yeah. Of the five performances, and we'll talk about the last one in a second, um, that was, the to me, the best mm-hmm. performance mm-hmm. of that year. Yeah. Hands down. And the person that won... <laughs> was Viola Davis. I, I think she won for Doubt. Yes. <laughs> that's what I think she won for... Because I really, if we could go back and rearrange everything, she would have won for Doubt, mm-hmm. and she would have gotten a Best Act- Actress award for this performance in Fences. Can I tell you a little funny like anecdote that kind of it goes along with this? Yeah. So there's this great YouTuber, which you should go out and watch. Uh, the, the YouTube channel is called Be Kind, Rewind. And this YouTuber, she does these amazing breakdowns of different years in Academy Award history and who won and why they won and really talks about why this character won or why this actor won the award or didn't win the award. I watched a video that she produced this morning about um, this conciliatory Oscar that was given to Betty Davis for the movie Dangerous Mm -hmm. because she did not get nominated for Of Human Bondage, which everyone raved about, just raved and raved and raved and said that she was, it was the best thing that she'd ever done and the best thing they've ever seen. But she was playing kind of a bad girl, and mm-hmm. those weren't those roles weren't typically rewarded. But yeah. she wasn't uh, she wasn't awarded that year. So I think it was a year or two later, she was given the award for Dangerous, which is a far less a far less showier role, mm-hmm. um, a far like not as gritty, not as good. And she didn't. She even Betty Davis has even said that she did not enjoy. Making that movie in the movie felt like it was kind of flat. Mm-hmm. But they gave her the award for that because there was so much backlash against her not um, getting the award for a human bondage, which I feel is very similar to what happens here mm-hmm. with Viola Davis and Fences. Mm-hmm. And I'm not diminishing Viola Davis' performance because I think that she's an amazing actress. And I, she's an amazing snot actress. I, <laughs> I, that's my favorite thing in the, in the entire world. But I think I, you need to have a powerful actress to play this character. Yes, First of all, and you have that with Viola Davis. I just, I, it just, for me, it diminished that role by giving her a supporting actress nomination. Yes. Because that character is the backbone of that whole film. And she holds everything together. Even taking in the child of... Her husband and this other lady mm-hmm. who he has cheated on her with, she brings that child into the house knowing this child is going to come into this world. I'm not going to give that child any hate because it was not this child's fault. Yeah. But I'm going to take care of her. And I think um, it's not a, it's not a supporting... No. She was part. most definitely no. a, key, a co-lead in that film. Like, 100% a co-lead in that film. Um, and I... I don't understand. I mean, I now that we've talked about it, now we know kind of how things 
shake down. I understand it a little bit more. And I know that the Academy and many of the voters and many people in Hollywood wanted to give her an Oscar mm-hmm. and, and wanted to find a reason to give her an Oscar. I mean, she was nominated twice before, um, both for supporting and for lead. And so this was a chance to award an actress who was doing phenomenal work and to show her that we love what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it was the right performance in the right category. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was it just didn't feel like... If we would have had Viola Davis win and Naomi Harris win, I would have stopped watching the Oscars altogether because it would have been too perfect. Yeah. It would have been too perfect. And Moonlight won, wins this picture. Can you it, imagine? Like, it, it would just been... Yeah. So... And and I what I will say for these nominees uh, is... We're talking about the best supporting category, so it's not always necessarily a surprise. But you have three women of color outweighing two two white women in this category, which I think is a huge step forward for what the Academy was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and three women of color in amazing performances too mm-hmm. that that are not playing maids, they're not playing you know um, stereotypes. Stereotypes. They're mm-hmm. playing either real people or people who are suffering or, you know, these amazing, amazing women, uh, which I think is a huge, huge deal. Mm-hmm. And very important that we really look at that as we move forward. Too. Yeah. I just don't want to see Octavia Spencer in a supporting performance role. ever again. <laughs> no, no, no. She deserves no. a lead. Like, I, I just want to, I, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. And then we'll, I want to do a whole podcast on it once I figure it out. Yeah. I, 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 once I, I find out that she's a lead in something, I'm like, okay. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll... We can run her Oscar campaign. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to talk about the central question that we're going to ask every episode. Do these performances, do these nominations solidify any of these actresses now as icons or legends for you? Mm -hmm. We clearly already answered this question about Octavia Spencer in the previous episode, but any of these others, did these performances, these nominations lock that in for you? Well, I think Viola Davis always has been, um, because now she's she can find her way back from TV to film, and I think that's um, that's I mean that's great for her because you know she's also winning Emmys for How yeah. to Get Away with Murder, um, so I think that's I think that's our, she's already been solidified as an icon in that arena. As well as Michelle Williams, because she's had a very long career. I mean, she's still young, but, you know, she's she started when she was fairly young. Nicole Kidman, as well, is always going to be iconic, yeah. in a way. The only one I'm just... I'm, I want Naomi Harris. After that performance in Moonlight, I'm like, okay, again, well, she's going to be like the Octavia Spencer of this episode. Yeah. Because after that performance, I'm like okay what's next what's next and, and then we'll, we'll get there and yeah. then and then it's like why yeah was it hard getting work or what what you wouldn't because... think because she was getting great work before too like not like not the kind of role that she had in moonlight but she was getting good work before yeah um so yeah i i totally agree i don't think that she's uh has been as elevated as i would hope because i always see like i always see the best supporting actor actress race as sort of like the JV yeah. team of uh, of a sport, and then the following year they should be raised up to yeah. varsity. Yeah, right. So that's where I want to see her yeah. go as well. But once again, it's Hollywood. Yeah, probably see her in one way. Um, she probably works more in England or across the pond. 
So yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you about the legends and this icons in this category. I think that Michelle Williams has really cemented herself over the last ten years. But also surprising, like she could have just yep. stayed in TV or just completely disappeared off mm-hmm. the map. But I think that she has really solidified herself now yeah. as a phenomenal actress. And mm-hmm. I I every time that she's in something new, I look forward to it. When we saw I Feel Pretty, I was like, yeah. look at you doing something completely different. She's gonna get an Oscar for something. Yes, at some yeah. point. Um. And then Nicole Kidman, ever since, you know, To Die For, Moulin Rouge, she's been, in my mind... We'll get, we'll come back to Nicole Kidman, because we'll talk about The Hours. Yeah. Which I also do not think... Well, that think, was Best Actress, but, yeah. I don't think... I, that should have been a Best Supporting, Supporting Actress. Well, all three of those women, really, I mean... I mean... talk about that I, movie. <laughs> I, I had problems with that film yeah. as well. But, um, anyway... I will, I will 100% go to bat for all of these actresses in this category. Mm-hmm. I think that Michelle Williams, Nicole Kidman, and Viola Davis, of the three of them for me, are like, I will go see their work yeah. across the board. Yeah. I mean, with Naomi Harris, I would have to know what the, what the project is, but I know that I trust her as an actress in those roles. But do you think that it was these nominations or these wins or these performances that did it, or was it something else that kind of cemented them for you? I think with Naomi Harris, it was this performance for me. Like, this performance said, okay, I know now that you can do this phenomenal thing, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Like, I will be there. I'm there for you. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember... What... What did... What has she done? Naomi Harris? What did she do before? Bond. Okay, it was just the James Bond. Well, that's that's what's coming to my mind first. There were lots of other things, I'm sure. Okay. So, yeah, I think for this performance was one where I was like, oh, I paid attention a lot more yeah. to her now. Yeah. Um, now, But now it's like I want to lead her towards a different path than what she's going Yeah. now. But, um, yeah. Well, and I think with Michelle Williams and Nicole Kidman, these roles and these nominations didn't, like, solidify anything because I think they had that from us beforehand, but they mm-hmm. just added to that uh, stack, you know? But I think if this happens again, it's going to also feel expected. <laughs> Yeah. Because I think if, like, especially this coming season, I mean, Nicole Kidman, there's a lot of talk about her in two very different, different. Uh, roles in Destroyer yeah. and Boy Erased, where I'm sure she's going to have a lock. In w- one way or the other, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she could be nominated in both if it, if it shakes out that way. I mean, you could be nominated for Best Supporting and Best Actress that's happened before. And, well, the Academy loves her. Yeah. Too. She, I, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that, and I know they're not that far apart in age, but that Nicole Kidman will become the new Meryl Streep. As the as we progress through these years, okay. I feel like the choices that she's making as she gets older are going to be stronger and stronger and stronger, and she's going to be consistently I, awarded for those. I think she's going to be... I would rather go see a Nicole Kidman movie than a Meryl Streep movie. And I would, too. I think there is a risk that Nicole Kidman takes. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially now. After, like, I th- she started taking risks, like, right after her whole divorce with Tom Cruise. But it's a risk that I don't see Meryl Streep take. Always taking, I think she tried yeah. to do it with August Osage County, but um, Nicole Kidman is not afraid to go into that dark abyss. Yeah. Which and, I think is what makes her the most interesting actress. So I, so every any time that she comes up, it's like okay, I, I know that I'm, I'm also going to be intrigued and interested in what she has yeah. to show me. Yeah, 
Well, I think that th- those are all really valid reasons for why we, you know, we plant our flags for these women and why we say, you know, I'm going to go and support you in most of these performances. And even if you have one bad one, it's not going to, like, turn me off of you, you know? Yeah. It's not like you're doing bad work all the time. You're doing pretty phenomenal work, so. Yeah. Um, so now we get to do our favorite part. <laughs> My favorite part, at least. So we're going to look at what these actresses did right after their nomination, which could be good, it could be bad, it could be like, what the fuck? Um, I, I, I love looking at <laughs> their post-nomination <laughs> careers and just seeing what it looks like. Um, a lot of them, fairly predictable, fairly easy to look at, but there's some there's some um, good things in there that I'm excited to talk about. <laughs> uh-huh. So should we start with Viola Davis? Let's do it. Post-Fences? Mm-hmm. Post-Fences nomination, I should say. What did she do? Well, she did that crossover episode of Scandal yeah. and How to Get Away with Murder, and she starts the fifth season of that mm-hmm. this year. Yep. Um, which I it's um, with that show, I enjoyed the first two seasons, and then um, it got a little reductive. Yep. Um, but I still same with Scandal. <laughs> but I still watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing to me that after she wins an Oscar, that she has really one movie in the can. Mm-hmm. And a television show, and that's all. And it's, but it's also just ten episodes. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's that's also, I mean, you're, I we've over the past ten years we've seen a lot of back and forth between actresses going from TV to film because yeah. now and the way that it, it is now, you can do you can shoot eight episodes and then you know yeah. shoot that in three months and then you have the rest of the year to do whatever. So I think uh, that's great. So I like I like having her in, yeah. in our home and then I like going to see her in, in the a movie, movie theater. theater. Yeah. When it's it, the movie that she had in the can was Widows which is coming out soon and has just as much Oscar buzz as anything else she's ever done. So I, there's concern about it being a, this too big of a studio movie and not being enough of a like also a lot of great actresses yeah. in there too. Elizabeth Debicki, Cynthia Revo, Michelle Rodriguez like I I mean I'm I'm uh I'm. I want my ticket. Now. I feel. I feel super proud that Michelle Rodriguez could potentially be in an Oscar-nominated film. I'm. I've. I've loved her since Girl Fight. Yeah. That. I. That was another movie I was obsessed. With, I think she's which, great. I think she's great. Yeah. Um. So the one that's the most interesting. Interesting to me is Naomi Harris. What? And, yeah. What happened? Um. Because she did two movies post Moonlight. Mm-hmm. One being Collateral Beauty, which we did not see, but was a ridiculously epic flop. I know it's we say that we love movies, um, but some of we these, love good movies. <laughs> some of these that that you say that you bring out, and I'm like, oh, what? When did that come in? I don't, I, I don't like that. to think that we're movie snobs. Really, I don't, because I think that we will watch pretty what, much anything. What was Collateral Beauty? It was like Will Smith, uh, Helen Mirren. Uh, who else was in that? I can't remember. Um, there were, there were a lot of people in it. Um, and it was, it was very trite, very like overdone. And I think that when it came out, people were like, oh, there could be Oscar nominations from this movie. And, it's and like, then nope. it was just, no, no. Nope. Yeah. Well then what, sh- well, and then, you know, a, a major award contend- contender is Rampage. <laughs> With Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, I just don't understand. Like, I, collateral beauty makes sense because you, like, on the page, it, yeah. it looks like something that could be Oscar-y. And not that you're always trying to do that, but it's like, why does she go from Moonlight to Rampage? I, 
I paychecks. Mean, there could be a lot. I mean, probably because we're like we 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 saw her in this fantastic film, and now we're like, okay, well, why isn't she working? But there has to be another reason why. Yeah, I'm maybe sure. she doesn't want to work them. Maybe yeah. she's a rampage fan. Maybe and maybe she wanted to work with Will Smith. But um, I. Uh, I yeah I I was just, I stayed. It's just clear interesting to to look at yeah films, but I'm I'm still looking forward to. Uh, hopefully, she will find something yeah worthy. Yeah, I think and I think she will. I think that there'll be something else that we get to see from her. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Michelle Williams post Manchester by the Sea. First movie was Wonderstruck by <laughs> Todd Haynes, uh, also starring Julianne Moore. Um. <laughs> Was a beautiful book. The book is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie did not really take off in the way that the book did, though. I was kind of amazed by that because it's you know it's filmed in two different time periods. It's filmed with a deaf actress. Um, there are a lot of things going for that movie, but it just didn't go anywhere. I was surprised. I like Todd Haynes though. I do too. I like him a lot. And then she did. <laughs> <laughs> she did all the money in the world, which which I think she was nominated for a Golden Globe for that. Another one we stayed clear of. Yeah. Um, and we would have, to be clear, before all the problems and the reshoots happened, we were staying away from that movie anyway. I, d- I mean, we just call it the Christopher Plummer movie. Yeah. Um, but that movie was plagued by issues like reshoots, recasting Kevin Spacey, all the pay gap stuff with Mark Wahlberg, like just so much drama around that fucking movie. Okay. And um, we'll probably lose more listeners tell me your thoughts on the greatest showman oh i've talked about this in length uh the circus musical can suck it <laughs> that's how i feel about it okay. i mean when i learned that uh Pasek and paul had done the music for that i was like i'm out especially after the huge kind of backlash Whoa. from la la land that i felt right yeah. okay so so it was just it was it that it because was, I have a feeling, because I think we both, since we have not seen it and we just kind of refuse to see it, but I think we're also the, those people that if it gets too much attention, we don't yeah. want to have anything we to do We don't want to get it. its attention until later. Yeah. So I bet, I bet if we sat down and we watched it, we would, in a closet. Yeah. We would, we would. I'd be willing to it. watch it now. Like if I could watch it in my own home. Uh, there was just nothing, I mean. And I feel so weird saying this because we're both theater people. We both produce theater, do theater. Like, a movie musical should be exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't. And the more that I heard people sing This Is Me, the more I was like, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I don't need to. Let it go. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't need to be a part of this. I don't need to see this. Like, And Michelle Williams was really the only person in that movie that I would have wanted to see. But when I saw the character she was playing, I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to see it. Yeah, and then we could just wait for the movie or the Broadway musical. Well, which it's we'll... happening now. So yeah. I, I will lovingly forever call it circus musical, always. <laughs> and I will lovingly always say that I don't need to see it. Okay. So, and then she did I Feel Pretty, which we both liked. Yeah, and I thought she was hilarious in that movie. If you haven't seen I yeah, Feel Pretty, it, it, the Amy well, Schumer I, of it all well, is a little bit much, well, but Michelle Williams uh, is perfect. I mean, not Because I didn't, I didn't know she was in it. So I think that was yeah. what was very surprising for me. Okay, let's move on. And who plays her grandmother? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember. Lauren Hutton. Oh, that's right. Lauren Hutton. Yeah. With her beautiful gap teeth. I love Lauren Hutton. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Octavia Spencer did The Shack, 
in Small Town Crime, Gifted, and of course this Shape of Water, which we yeah. talked about last episode. So Gifted and Small Town Small Town Crime didn't really go anywhere. No, The Shack was a pretty big hit. Did you read the book? I did not read the book. Um, it's not. I'm not into the Jesusy thing. So I, I, okay. I loved the book when it came out, and then when I knew that they were going to do the film, I just thought it was going to be so hard to capture mm-hmm. what I had in my head. Yeah. Um, because I knew it's like, the, it's going to be a CGI movie. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Um, From the trailer, it looked beautiful. And she is playing, is she playing God? Or a version of God, basically? a version. Yeah. Of an all, an all-powerful being. Yeah. 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 And I and I think that the movie did well, and it, it probably was never going to be like an Oscar contender necessarily. But I think it did really well. People really enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that ga- that's going to perpetuate more work for her. But I also think I'm also on the like I you either really loved the book and hated the movie, or you hated the book and you loved the movie. Yeah. Um, I just uh, I think that's very it's it's very I think it's a polarizing piece of work. Yeah. Because um, you either have believers, you have non-believers, and um, I I had read The Shack right after my father passed, so it was I was still in that frame of mind. So, I uh, I I loved I lo- loved loved the book. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think the I think seeing the movie was, um, it was I I thought the film was was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so last one, Nicole Kidman. Yes. Post, poster Lion nomination. She just I mean it's just. She, has she done anything bad? Well, there's one Besides thing on here that that's not Adam great. Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> yeah, well. What was that movie? I don't remember what it was she called. She was doing the hula? Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we do, we talked about Killing of the Sacred Deer last episode quite yeah. a bit. Uh, if you haven't, if you didn't hear that or go back and listen to that, because we both love that movie. She was phenomenal in that movie, I think. Uh-huh. Um, she did Top of the Lake, China Girl, which got good reviews. Another wig. Another wig. <laughs> Another wig. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, wig. Is she, is gonna, I want her to do a musical called Lacefront. Yep. The musical. Lacefront, the musical, not sorry, Nicole Kidman. Uh, and she also did The Beguiled, which we also talked about in the last episode, uh-huh. which was very good and very well done and surprisingly did not get anything, any mm-hmm. love there at the Academy Awards last year. Yeah. Um, did you watch How to Talk to Girls at Parties? Uh, I did not. Okay. Can I tell you a secret? You watched it without me. I did. I started it without you. You didn't like it. I turned it off 15 minutes in. Which I know I don't usually do, because I like to give movies chances. But yeah. I had a really hard time. She plays like this. Doesn't she look like Edward Scissorhands? Kind of. She plays movie? like a super abrasive. I think she's an <laughs> alien. And in fact, oh no, because um, it's based on a graphic novel, and I okay. think it takes place in like the 1980s in London in the punk scene. Okay. So the music in and of itself was made it really hard for me to like get into it because I was like, I don't yeah. like punk music necessarily. So uh-huh. this is hard. Uh, I, she was, it was something that she's never done before. It was a very interesting performance, but I was like, I don't think I'm going to finish this. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then of course the juggernaut. Big Little Little Lies. Lies. Which after we saw Big Little Lies, you know know what I said? I was like, give her an Oscar for that television performance. Yeah. (laughs) That Emmy is not enough for her. Yeah. Give it, give it, give that to her. It was just, it was like, um, it was the same it was the same feeling I had when we watched Laura Dern in The Tale. Uh-huh. It was that. It was like, she, she's going to get everything. Yep. She's going to get everything. Yep. And I hope, I, I hope, 
I didn't want them to do a season two, but, yeah. which just, I'm like, I think that was just perfect. Right. Um, I wish they would have gone and done maybe another book. Yeah. Because I think it's fair. I think it was just perfect the way that they, they well, left they did it. bring the writer in and helped create another story that would make sense, which is, I think, smart. Yeah. And it's directed by a different director of female this time. So that will be interesting as well. And she's going to go head to head with Meryl Streep. Um, I will forever stand that picture of Reese Witherspoon throwing ice cream at Meryl Streep. I mean, that's what, like, I it can't we, get here fast enough. We are legitimately going to make and <laughs> create a triptych of those three images, and we're going to hang them in our living room. I can't wait. And it's going to be I can't phenomenal. I can't wait. This is so, a yeah. good year. Yeah. yeah. I think that these nominees were really strong, and the work that they did was really strong. I'm really happy about this year. Yeah. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel afterwards, like... I just didn't feel mad about it. Like I just felt like well, I, I was content. I was I was mad about Emma Stone winning. Well, but with the supporting actress category, I I wasn't because I was I love Viola Davis and I'm glad she won and yeah. I'm, I'm glad that Naomi Harris got nominated. Yeah. Um. But other than that, um, I really it would have been perfect if things were different and yeah. Viola was in Best Actress, and Naomi Harris got her Best Supporting Actress award Meh. because I think that would have been perfect for yeah. me. And instead, something else happened, which gives us something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and that brings us to a close for we 2017. Um, thanks for trekking through this with us. We're really excited about this, and we can't wait to look at next year where we can talk about lesbian drama, real life people. And more category fraud. And, oh wait, our favorite person in the whole wide world, Jennifer Jason fucking Lee. Oh. My. God. <laughs> I can't wait. Love her. Love her, love her, love her. So, that, I, 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 I can't wait to talk about that yeah. performance because that performance was... Nutso. But in the best way, oh. Yeah. I, yeah. I, now I, I have, we have to re, re, rewatch that film because we I will. Think, yeah. So we'll come back yeah. next week. Join us for 2016. And good night. Good, good luck. And may the best woman win. win.